Perhaps I was talking when I should have been listening. No matter what happens, you've got to hang on. Johnny, relax. Now you give him everything he wants, you understand? Now let's see what happens when we mix these two elements together. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you are now listening to the Relentless College Entrepreneur Podcast. Welcome back to the Relentless College Entrepreneur Podcast. Although I am a graduate now from Ball State University with entrepreneurship and innovation with a minor in construction management, I just walked this past Saturday. So uh, I'm officially graduated. I started part time. It was funny. I I took my last exam Tuesday and then I started my job Wednesday uh, part time. And then now I'm full time this week uh, at Indiana Auto Care, where I am manager of business strategy figuring out different stuff, running data, financials, and other really cool stuff that, uh, and I'm very grateful for the position. Really awesome, awesome opportunity. So that's a little bit catching up about myself, but it is episode 75. I'm no longer gonna be labeling it as a season and then episode. I know it was kinda, it made sense to do a breakdown kind of thing and then take a break. But it's usually about every two weeks to three weeks to possibly even a month sometimes that I drop an episode. So I'm just going to start saying episodes. So it's the 75th episode. We have over 8,000 views, over 60 countries listening, and now it's our 75th episode. Let's see where 150 takes us. Um, yeah, there's no stopping. I don't plan to – although I did say I'm going to probably stop it, I'm going to be quitting it, it was more or less – it was the end of the beginning, if that makes sense. It was me transitioning and seeing if it would work in my life with starting a full-time job and everything like that. But I'm like, I'm passionate about this. I never did it about the money. It was never about that. It was just something I loved cleansing my mind. And it made me gain knowledge because I was always seeking something for others. I'm always reading and I'm like, okay, what, what would my audience like? Looking at what they've listened to, what will they like? So that's always something I've been going after. I'm going to keep it up, um, not ending anytime soon it's just taking a little bit longer than once a week uh, but we'll see if that once a week comes around again so let's jump into the podcast episode i don't want to take too much time uh explaining where the podcast is going and stuff like that but it's going well and life's going well i hope yours is as well so preparing for the worst and this was an episode that has been on my mind for a while and i thought about it because i was like i'm not an expert i'm not uh i'm not i didn't major in economics nor did I minor in it, nor do I have a PhD in it, but I do read Wall Street Journal, which doesn't make me credible 100%. But let me explain before you are like, okay, if this guy's not credible, why am I listening to him? I listen to credible people. I read credible people. I spend time understanding and realizing what's going on. So I want to establish, although I don't have the credentials, which I kind of do in a, in a way because I've learned off the people that do have the credentials, which I guess you have to do in order to get a, obtain a PhD or a major, you have to learn from others. I've been learning for the same type of people, uh, whether it be Dr. Snow, Nathaniel Snow, shout out Nathaniel Snow. Um, Dr. Snow was awesome, very smart guy, got a PhD at I'm not. I'm gonna butcher his college. I forget what it was. A really nice college of, for economics. I forget what it was. But learning off like people from like him over the um, over the years, as well as YouTube and uh, different other places, where like some people are really good. Like I listened to Humphrey Yang, which is uh, I forget his major, but he's he has a solid rock solid portfolio, and he has the he has the backup and showed his guests like 
everything that goes on. It's just not some guy that's like, he's just trying to help on YouTube. And I'll link his YouTube in below. Uh, Humphrey Yang, I listened to him a, a decent amount. I listened to, oh, what's that guy's name? Graham Stephan, he's really good as well. And I can't remember this other guy. Here, hold on. Let me pull, I was just watching an episode of his. I'm going to put three people down that I want you guys to listen to. Okay, his name is Andre Judith. And I'll put all of their YouTubes in the, below, the three. Those are who I listen to, and these guys are super smart. They know what they're doing. But again, I want to. what I want to talk about in this episode, and I know it's taken, you're like, Hunter, it's taken four minutes now to you to build credibility, tell us how it's going. I hope you're still listening, because I think it's very important to prepare for the worst. And what I've read from Dave Ramsey's book that I'm taking very seriously now that I'm graduated and making, uh, I guess, adult money, so to say, full time with a degree. And it's what I'm going to be doing is building an e-fund for about um, a handful, however long it takes. I'm trying to build a backing where I'm able to... If I got fired, I would be able to live a uh, sustainable life for six months. And it's it's going to be a combination of building that, but f heavily focusing on my e-fund, which is the emergency fund. And I've talked about in one of my other episodes, I can't even remember, but uh, I want to bring it all together because the reason why I want this episode, uh, and before I dive in even more is I keep on seeing a Wall Street Journal when I read it, the, the news in the morning from many different other places that the market is hitting. I don't know if you guys know, but in order to be a recession, it has to be steady declining for two quarters of the year in order to be considered a recession. And I don't know if we're on track or not because there'll be the smartest people out there that will guess that this is going to happen and the complete opposite happens. It's a he said, she said type of ordeal and no one really knows. It's how the whole market operates and it's how you, your family, and your classmates if you're still in college or your coworkers, and then at scale all the companies all this stuff in other countries as well it is so much larger you can't predict that much qualitative data that's why it's so hard to come up with that but from what we've seen the last quarter was steady declining it's on road for a recession if it declines next quarter as well so we don't know yet because it's not next quarter but it has been a we've been we've entered a bearish market which is basically defined as characterizing a investor with low confidence so to say so like people don't have as much confidence in the stock market and it's a steady decline uh, I think it's 20%, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's something like that uh, from what I remember. And really what it indicates is that the prices, the prolonged market of the price is keeps on declining. So it's a lot, making a lot more people scared. One, they aren't investing if they haven't already uh, and they don't plan to, or people are pulling out uh, their money because they want it to be more safe in a bond in cash in savings, whatever it may be, because the market's so volatile right now. And that's the whole reason why I'm bringing this up. I'm not saying I'm not a, uh, a guy that can read the future by any means, nor someone with an economics PhD. But what I do think is preparing for the worst. And that's, that's what I wanted to talk about for a second, because with the markets and the way they're going, we don't know what's happening. It could be rainbows and butterflies on the other side, but no one knows what's happening at the end of the day. 
there's people that guess that we were going to next quarter start to see losses and declines, but it was this quarter that it ended up happening. And that was like guessed by the, some of the smartest economics people out there, and they were wrong. It just goes to show you, you really, it's super hard to predict the, the market with how many moving parts, quantitative data there is, and everything to digest. It's just nearly impossible. And that's really what I want to get at. So I don't know what's happening. And I'm bringing to the table what I'm doing as a reference to help you guys out. And uh, just basically what I've learned with portfolios, what you should do to diversify risk. And as I talked about in the last uh, podcast episode, how I lost a million dollars, it's more or less about thinking about that, like his losses. And there's people that will tell you that, oh, do this and then someone tells you the exact opposite way there is no set path to success there's not a linear way you have to figure out your own way but I want to explain my way and I want to bring it to your mind if you are graduating college or you are soon to put your mind to where your money is going because of how important it is people live paycheck to paycheck you know what I'm gonna even look up the statistic right now how many people live paycheck to paycheck in us you're like Connor, why didn't you just pause it and 64 percent of the united states population was living on the paycheck to, was living by paycheck to paycheck and it is up from 61 percent that was in december and just of high it's just shy of the all-time high which is 65 percent according to forbes and it looks like everything's saying the, the same so or it's a pretty reliable source. So we'll go with that. 65% live paycheck to paycheck, meaning that 35% are safe. Like, think about that in your mind. Like, 65 people, 65 people, 65% of people in the United States live paycheck to paycheck. Do you want to be living that paycheck to paycheck and be stressed to hell when something goes wrong and you have to pay $2,000, $5,000 out of the blue? You get in a wreck. The other person doesn't have car insurance. You're screwed. Whatever it may be, it's preparing for the worst. Even when we're talking about economics and how the economy market is going to go, which I don't know again, but it's like there's so many independent variables besides that market that can happen in your life that could really screw you in the sense that you don't have the money now you have to run credit or you have to get a loan now you have to pay interest on top of that principal that you have to pay back and you could do it forever and be forever in debt so the matter is you have to live simply put i'm not going to make this episode the longest because what i've seen is there's more retention towards shorter ones i'm going to make this as simple as possible spend less than you make it's so simple yet people don't do it it's because there's that new gucci bag it's that new car that i wanted and i just graduated college i have to get myself that gift but cars especially monthly payments on anything accrue so quickly uh, whether it be your starbucks coffee vaping or uh well, gas we have to drive everywhere car payments more car payments and mortgages are the biggest payments that you make in your life if you buy a used car or, you know, I'm sticking with my car, I'm going to be paying it off and plan to keep it forever as long as I can. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you drive. People are trying to impress people that they don't even like with things that they don't even want. They they thrive because the, the society thrives towards whatever, that Gucci bag, whatever it is. Be yourself and don't spend more money than you make. It's, it's literally as simple as that. 
and save because and there's so many ways that you can go about spending i'm not i'm not educated in heavy investments although i've been in the and um i've been in the stock market for about two years now and that's not that long honestly for two years and i've seen returns on my uh in I think it's always wise to start out with $100. This is what I've done for the past year, $100 every year. And I'm playing with the market to kind of understand it. But at the end of the day, you're it's a little bit more complex and I don't have enough time to understand it completely. So here's what I'm doing. It's a more hands-off way to go about it. And it's I'm saving as much money as I can in the beginning of me working and starting work, which is building that e-fund with a minimum of about Three thousand to five thousand dollars is where I'm going to start, and I'm not going to, and then I'm going to stop investing as heavily into my emergency fund, which is money I do not touch unless it's emergency. If my tire blows out and I don't have the money, that's an emergency. If you know, emergency isn't. Oh, I always wanted to go out with my. Fr- I needed to go out with my friends, or I, w- I need to take this vacation. That's not an emergency fund, although you can put it in different ways. Maybe you're stressed to hell at work. Maybe that is something you need, you know? I'm not I'm not saying how you need to spend your money and not. But building that emergency fund and right when you take out of it, you're heavily investing back into that emergency fund, which is either in a bank or cash in a safe. But I prefer uh, just in the bank uh, personally. But it depends on what you, how you are, if you, whatever. Um, but eventually you're saving that e-fund to be about three to six months of you being, if you did, if you got fired or quit work, you'd have three to six months to live off what you have in that e-fund. So that's important to think about as well. So I'm investing heavily into that. And then once I hit that, I'm going to start putting about five to 10% back into my emergency fund. And once I build that, then I'm going to do, um, also a percentage for, my savings as well because savings is something that i'm going to be building eventually having um and doing side hustles and things like that that i'm going to be doing on the side to really build and then eventually build capital and get uh investors and invest heavily of my own money into simpler living and then eventually have someone else like okay he's invested a decent amount in his company and now i feel like i can take this risk and he's going to go after it because he has money in as well so that's what I'm planning to do with that. But um, I'm also investing into the stock market a little bit and the crypto as well as what's called growth stock uh, as well as blue chip and NFT. NFTs, no, I'm not doing NFTs, sorry. Um, EFTs, which are basically, it kind of was confusing to me, but there's index funds and there's NFTs. NFTs are what are called, to break it down, it's an exchange exchangeable traded fund, which is an investment vehicle that is composed of a mix of assets such as stocks and bonds, which is constructed to track the performance of the market segment or index. And an index fund is the type of mutual fund that only tracks a benchmark of an index. So to kind of make it make sense, NFT is more safe because it has bonds in the mix as well as um, stocks whereas uh, index funds it depends on which one you go with there's a a bunch you can choose from either way you're it's a safe call it's a diversified investment that are 
some have like around 500 stocks that are some like the S&P 500. Um, there's what's called the Vanguard S&P 500, which has a eight to 15% return. And for the past, what was it? Since the stock market's been own, been opened, a 12% investment has been made every single year. It, not every single year, but that's compared. Some 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 years will be 20%, some will be 3%. It's been averaged out to about 12% a year. So with that in mind, with it compounding in the, the index fund, I plan to basically do that because that's more hands-off. I'm not going to gamble... I'm uh, I might eventually get into what's called growth and chip blue chip stocks, which I will probably invest in blue chip stocks. Blue chip stocks are the more heavily uh, established companies such as Amazon, Tesla, Google, Apple. They are very they have a steady incline, which doesn't mean that they can't fall. They very well can, but they have a steady incline and they have a very heavy, solid steel structure foundation for their company and it's very hard for them to fall off the face of the earth although they they can but it's just so unlikely uh i'm going to be investing eventually into uh those blue chip stocks which is basically just uh, companies that are very well developed and don't have as much risk uh because they're just such big companies and then the growth stocks so companies that you're interested in and you think that are going to do well so example a I invested since my business Simpler Living is prefabricated shipping containers in the Tennessee mountains using sustainable energy that are short-term rentals. So like Airbnb, Verbo, and Booking.com they'll be on. I invested in a stock called Costumacare. I invested about $8 and now is at $13.10 per share. So I'm not one to you know talk about how much is made there, but it w like that really brightened my eyes. Like I invested in something I believed in shipping containers and it was a new company that was up on the rise. I looked at the financials and stuff like that. You don't really have to do, I, I mean, you can do whatever you want and try to see your own way. Again, no linear way to success, uh, but I'm just trying to be smart with my money and make my money work for me instead of me work for money. Um, so that's why I'm trying to learn and understand it. But again, that's why I'm focusing on my e-fund. I'm playing with the market a little bit with a couple hundred dollars. I'm not putting a boatload of money when I don't know what's going on because I'm learning and I've been learning for the past two years. And what I find important is that I'm focusing heavily on my emergency fund. I'm not like doubling down. Oh, I got to invest in stocks while it's low, blah, 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 blah. I'm in no rush. There's this term called time in the market beats timing the market so if you're trying to go quick in and out and you're like oh should i invest now long term the stock market gains about a 12 percent in turn and compounds your money so it doesn't matter when you look at the stock when we see the dot-com burst the recession in 08 the many recessions that's happened i believe there was 38 total downturns economically within uh the entire period of the united states i believe something like that and we see the dot com and it's just a little dip and then we look at the long-term thing and it's way past the dot com and it's like this is COVID, and it's like it's a drop and then it's eventually gonna it, it come back what go what goes up must come down that's the famous saying but again time in the market beats timing the market if you're in the game to be short term 
I don't know anything about that and I don't believe in that because I'm in it for the long term for a conservative risking of risk taking conservative risk taking is what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to risk and put all my money into Dogecoin hoping it goes up. That's just not reasonable with the financials and the backing of it. And it's just backed off clout basically. Um, but I'm irrationally ignorant to Dogecoin. So no hate if you invest in Dogecoin. I don't know much about it. But so yeah, I've what I've learned though is that uh, e-fund, most important, and then investing what you believe in, but more importantly to be more hands-off is the is an index fund or an NTF fund. And that's what I'm doing, seriously. Uh, when I'm gonna be investing heavily into the e-fund, but I'm also on the side gonna be putting money into my uh, EFT, I think I said NFT. I wanna be clear, I am not investing in NFTs. Although, um, that's a whole nother conversation I don't even wanna get into. It's very controversial and um, I can see both sides, honestly, but it, there's not much value for a digital asset that you can screenshot in my head. But then I see the other side that there is if it has benefits to it. Um, but long story short, I'm not talking about NFTs in this one. I'm, I'm talking about safe investments because 99% um, of the NFTs are BS and 1% of them are, I'd be like, okay, that's actually all right. And they have incentives and they actually have a good deal, whatever it may be. So um, index funds is, is really what, if you're looking into a hands-off with a steady, safe increase long-term, because if you're like, oh, I put in money and then you wait three months and then you try to pull it out, it's like, you don't know what it's gonna be. I am in the long term and I'm building that, eventually gonna pull it out when it makes sense, but the market goes up steadily, but it also decreases and falls off the face of the earth. So that's something to remember. So you have to find your own way. And I think that's what I was really getting at in this. And I really hope you guys enjoy this type of episode and my thoughts and what I'm doing with the emergency fund and investing in index and EFTs, which are the bonds and stocks, especially in such a uh, dangerous, so to say, market with, and now it's bearish, so it's declining steadily. You can question what goes down sometimes has to come up like a bouncy ball in a way, but it doesn't go exponentially. So uh, that's just my thinking. And again, this is all opinion. I'm not an expert on this. This is what I'm doing. And this is what I'm doing moving forward with now me being working full time in my adult job. And I thought I would give that advice out there because I feel like some people don't even think about that. And then it's just sad to see that 65% of the United States lives paycheck to paycheck. So I want you to plan for the future, and if you're young, really start thinking about it now, especially with the stock market gaining a 12 point or a 12% increase return on the overall opening of the stock market. I can't remember, it's been a couple hundred years since it's been opened, but 12% is good, and that compounds. So if you get 12% off $100, you have $112. And then now that you have that $112, if you compound it again, because that's $112 now, and what's 12% off that $112? Well, <laughs> hell if I know. $112 times 0.2. So then we add 112. So then you're at $125, and then you compound that, because now you have $125, and now you're adding a 12% a increase. So now you have $140. But it, the stock market's not always 12% every single year. Like we're seeing now, it's declining. So um, 
again, it's just over time, long period of time, it's 12%. It's the average. It's not a snapshot in time specifically. But it's declining, and uh, I'll eventually jump in. Uh, it's, again, I, the, the, if there's one thing you remember of my tangent and me going off of what I'm doing, it's time in the market beats timing the market. Oh, it's dropping. I better sell it now. Time in the market beats timing the market. So if you think you guys can get in quick and then sell quick or whatever it may be, it's just never worked out. I want to give you guys a good way to think about money. Again, just an option. I want to throw some ideas out there for you to think about, you to research on your own behalf. Look at the description. Seriously, watch these guys on YouTube. I love them to death. Humphrey Yang, as well as Graham Stephan and uh, oh gosh, on Cray, I forget his name, but their YouTube channels will be down below. I seriously want you to watch it because I've learned so much off of them, real estate, investing, all this stuff, um, but also Dave Ramsey. So I, I don't want you to go investing and you not to, you be still living paycheck to paycheck because of that. Build an e-fund. Trust me, that's a the safest foundation. That is something I will live by and I truly believe in because no matter what happens in life, you have the money there just in case. So an e-fund is emergency fund is really important to build, especially when you're starting to work um, for those college students. Or even if you're an adult having that emergency fund, your dog gets sick and it's very important to you or uh, whatever may happen for what we can for the unforeseen things that money's there for you. So really think about that. I will see you guys on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode and my my. Um, I guess my free flowing of the knowledge of what I'm doing and what I've been actually planning because I've been watching a lot of videos on it. Uh, I've been writing down what I want my portfolio to look like. I'm waiting for my first check to come in because I'm salary. I want to see what it's after tax. I know what it is before tax, but after tax, we want to see what it is. I want to work on my what are called non-negotiable expenses. So like car payment, my rent, uh, groceries I have to eat, you know, the things you need in life. You subtract that from that, and then you have your you have you divvy it up. I'm not budgeting. I think I've talked about budgeting on the podcast, um, but again, I'm just starting, so um, I'll talk about budgeting in another podcast episode. If you guys are interested, let me know. Uh, in working with your non fungible non fungible your non negotiable expenses in life, which is what you need in order to survive, and then breaking it down into savings and investing. So, I hope you guys enjoy it. And I will see you guys on the next one. And always look out and give me some advice on the podcast. If you think, Hunter, you're kind of like going off the ball. You should probably be a little more organized or whatever it may be. Either way, let's talk about it. So help me out and give me some ideas. If you're interested in hearing something, I love research. My job is literally researching marketing data and making company the company more profitable. So let me know and I'll research it. I'll find a way to talk about it and I'll give you the best reliable, credible information there is out there for you. With that being said, cue the outro. This has been the Relentless College Entrepreneur Podcast. Catch you guys next time.